Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawk fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with Keith Myers and uh, fun, interesting shows in the offseason. This one is our top 10 offensive players of the Pete Carroll era. We're going to count them down. We're going to start at the top uh, from number one down to 10. We might have a few extras to talk about. We'll see if we agree. We each brought our own lists. Welcome in, Keith Myers. Yeah, I think it's a fun show. I mean, um right from the top i think we're not going to be that different on the first two or three uh but where the debate will happen is later and that's where we're going in this direction because it makes it more fun to see who, who made the list and who didn't all right so um how, how are things going i know for me the weather's pretty pretty good this time of the year here it's not too hot but it's getting a little hotter and it's going to be sticky uh monsoon season has officially started and um, it hasn't rained yet but I can feel the moisture kind of accumulating in the air. So it's kind of muggy. And when it's 108 and muggy, it's awful. Yeah, it's kind of miserable. No, up here it's nice. Um, great Pacific Northwest weather. Um, only problem is that I have been, you know, stuck inside recovering from COVID. So I'm mostly recovered and that's why we're back recording. So let's go ahead and, and jump right, All right. in. Well, I'll let you start. Who's your so, number one <clears throat> offensive football player in the Pete Carroll era? Do you really have to ask? I mean, there's um, only one candidate. I, I know. I I <laughs> don't have to ask, but you know, it's got to be it's got to be Russ Russell Wilson. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, I know that he's not exactly the most popular guy in town at the moment because we're starting more and more leaks coming out that, um, you know, he wasn't the greatest. Um, guy in terms of how he forced himself out and and that he tried he got you know schottenheimer fired and then left anyway and you know all just all of that kind of stuff but at the same time you look at his on the field production and he's the best quarterback in franchise history he's a top five quarterback in the league he's um one of the great you know playmakers just we've ever seen and i just don't know what else to say like we can throw stats up there but they're just they're just yeah. meaningless because he blows everyone else away yeah i mean he's leading the uh the franchise in all the major uh passing categories and and rushing categories you know as far as career rusher he's up there with the career rushing um uh, on the career rushing list um yeah isn't he like so, sixth all time uh, it's it's, it's kind of crazy yards. You know, I would so. say that he's not only of the Pete Carroll era, but he's the best offensive player this franchise has ever had. And, um, you know, you're going to have these little... Steve. I mean, Walter Steve, Jones. Steve Largent? And Walter, Walter Jones. Jones. Steve yeah. Largent. I mean, that got guys that you're are right. in the, the home. You're right. I, you're right. Well, I think Russ is going to end up getting there, and I think he's going to end up getting there in a Seahawks uniform. My, yeah. my thing is that uh, I think if he would have been here one more contract he would have just been the unquestionable leader of all time so but the um as far as this little back and forth stuff is concerned and in the news that he kind of forced brand schottenheimer out and blah 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 blah, that just came out in the last day or so 
Um, that'll all be forgotten in the long uh, term look at uh, Russell Wilson's history with the team and so forth. So I don't really put too much stock into that. And I just focus on what he did as a player and what he did for the franchise and represented the franchise very well while he was here and took us to a Super Bowl, took us to two Super Bowls, won one. He's not the top of my list too. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. it's not even a, a hard a hard one at the top there. So for number two, this is, you know, and these are all subjective, but this is my number two overall, and it's got to be Marshawn Lynch. Also my number two. I mean, yeah. he was he was the identity of the offense. Like I know Russ was like, he was the star and he did everything, but it was Lynch that was the identity. He was the guy who ran people over. He set the tone. Um, you know, he, when he would get going, suddenly every you could see everyone jacked up on the sidelines. The defense would start, you know, flying around a little faster and everything. And they were just excited to watch Lynch run. Um, and that's even before you get into the beast quake and what might be the greatest individual play um, of franchise history. So I think I agree. He's got to be number two. Yeah. And I, you know, as far as uh, the identity thing, you're spot on. He kind of came in and changed not only the identity, but the trajectory of the franchise when he, uh, when he came and then, and then that run and then to get that win in the the playoffs there where we went in uh, as the first, it was the first or second team or something overall. First team ever to be, to be, yeah, the first team to have seven wins, to be under 500 and make the playoffs. Yeah. And then to beat the reigning, um, you know, Super Bowl champions, the defending team that, like, what were they, 20 or was it 14 and a half point underdogs? Like, it was just absolutely like they were expected to blow out, get blown out. And Lynch just could not be stopped in that game. It was Fun. phenomenal. All right. So what's number, your number three? number three? This is, I think we're going to start getting some. Um, some debate going. I've got Doug Baldwin as my wow. number three. I've got Doug Baldwin as my number four. Oh, interesting. So very um, close. But yeah, I've got. I mean, I've, go ahead. I was say I've got Baldwin in here. Um, he was, um, you know, he was, he was the receiving side of the passing offense. There wasn't um, a lot of help for him for a lot of the time that he was there, it was Baldwin and a bunch of replacement level guys. And he was always open. He's just uncoverable at times and really made this offense click and work in ways that um, you just don't see a little slot receiver do. Um, but he just made everything work for the team. And that's why he's my number three is he's just always open, always clutch. And fantastic hands. And now, here's a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Hockey fans, the pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets, no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings same-day parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So my thing with Doug Baldwin is that I completely agree with everything you you said. Guy came in undrafted. Uh, out of Stanford um, and just really worked his butt off. I mean, he was probably the hardest working guy on offense that I've seen in a long time on this roster and, and just worked at his craft over and over every day during practice and he'd work on routes and he was a great route runner. He had the, some of the greatest feet in franchise history, probably second only to Steve Largent and um, just really was amazing and outperformed uh, all expectations. And, um, I, you know, I would have loved to have seen him play another three or four years. I think, you know, Mm -hmm. talent wise, he was on top of his game when he left, you know, because of injuries and so forth. And I think he just felt like he couldn't perform at the same level that he wanted to in his mind. And so he thought he would go out while he, while he could remain healthy after football. Yeah. He was to that point where he had in, um, knee pain, ankle pain. Um, he had shoulder surgery. I mean, he was just getting really banged up and he was reaching that point in his career where, I mean, you see a lot of former players that they, they walk with a consistent limp and they have a hard time moving around and they just do a lot of damage to their bodies. And I think he just was getting to the point where he had made that choice. I want to be able to have a life after football. And so he, he dropped it, dropped out, and um, it's unfortunate. But even the time he was here, it was special. He really yeah. was a great player. And a, and a serious contributor to the Super Bowl season. Um, my number three overall is Tyler Lockett. I think Who's that Tyler number four. Tyler Lockett, I think, <laughs> last year, showing those three years of over 1,000 yards receptions and you know 80-plus uh, receptions, 1,000 yards, I thought showed this, the consistency that that set him apart from almost all other wide receivers in franchise history, um, save Steve Largent. And um, that's why I think he just nudged uh, Doug Baldwin in my estimation uh, as as of last year. And I think he can only go forward, you know, mm-hmm. uh, from here. So that's why he got the nod for me. But same sort of receiver came out uh, unheralded if you will, out of Kansas State um, and was thought more of a kick returner when he first landed with the club. Uh, I can't remember the, the 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 draft round that he was in. I think it was a third round wide receiver, but he was primarily brought in for his shiftiness, his speed, special teams acumen, and thought that maybe he could develop into a, a wide receiver, number three wide receiver, for example. Same thing kind of with the, the Eskridge. Uh, sort of pick uh, that that sort of uh, was the idea with um, with Tyler Lockett and then he came in and was way better than anybody expected him to be and then he uh, he fought through some injuries early in his career mm-hmm. and then came back and established himself after they took kind of his kicking return duties away he made the Pro Bowl the first year there um, and he, they they took those duties away, and I think he was able to then focus primarily just on receiving. And he's just become an outstanding receiver, un, um, underappreciated 
around the league, I believe. Oh yeah, you look at his um, stats, and that he's a you know top fifteen receiver in the NFL um, statistically over the last three years. Um, in any of those three years, he's a top fifteen guy, and but he's viewed nationally as you know Seattle's number two, maybe like in the top forty as far as receivers go. Like people don't realize how good Lockett is, and he's my number I, four. I so, agree. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. my my number five is Dwayne Brown, offensive tackle, left tackle, Dwayne Brown. Um, played played what five years here, Keith? Overall, um, yeah. About about that, and you know, was the blindside protector of of the greatest quarterback in franchise history, and uh, you know, stood out really pretty well the first couple of years he was here. He was always ranked in the top five, six offensive tackles in the league kind of fell off a little bit in the last two years uh, where injuries uh, started to creep in for him and they protected him as far as being able to practice and so forth and just kind of lost that edge. I think um, in terms of uh, speed uh, and, and foot quickness that he needed uh, on the edge there. But I thought um, he should be mentioned, you know, in this range on, on my list. Interestingly, um, he is also my number five. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, I mean, that was a great pick. I, I was looking at offensive linemen, just trying to figure out, do we have any that belong on this list? And I came up with two. I did too. It. And I know and, the um, other one you're going to say too, but it's later on. It is. Um, so number six. I went ahead and put DK Metcalf. And I also uh, I have DK Metcalf at number six. God, this is getting really boring. You're supposed this to is crazy. We we uh, literally <laughs> did these lists. I have no idea what you have. You have no idea what I have. And we're just literally talking about them as we as we come up on the names here. So yeah, DK Metcalf. I was Metcalf. kind of expecting you to have Metcalf higher. Um and not I, yet. in my head, not quite my head, yet. In in my head, I was thinking, may he probably belongs a little lower because we've seen him for three years. And, you know, it's been three fantastic years, but it's only three years, right? Right. Um, that's right. That's that's exactly right, Keith. So uh obviously he can, you know, continue to to progress his way up this list by continuing to be great here over the next, you know, five, six years. But right now, I mean, he's still that high despite being twenty-four years old. Well, let's keep um, in mind, um, as a reminder, this is under the Pete Carroll era. So this is just from 2010 uh, to this point. So 12 years, mm -hmm. you know, 11 years of, of performance is what was all we're looking at. So, um, yeah, you know, DK Metcalf deserves to be on this list. I think he deserves to be halfway, um, you know, within in this range, uh, just from the sheer fact of what he's been able to do, exceeded expectations of his draft spot. Uh, came in and and turned out to be a better wide receiver overall, ready NFL ready right out of the gate that he was given credit for in the draft and um, has turned into a really dynamic receiver. Uh, the reason that he's not higher for me is um, just a couple of, of, of little issues for me as far as uh, his attitude. Um, he seems to, to allow defensive backs to kind of get under his skin and take him out of games once in a while. Uh, and you know, 
and because of that, either because of that or that he's just not quite ready for the full repertoire in the NFL, um, he's not quite as dominant as I'd like to see him be, or I think that he has the potential to be uh, mm-hmm. as, a, as a wide receiver. And so I'm looking for that little next step here. I think that he's got it in him. We've talked about it um, for a couple of years now. Uh, even uh, after his, you know, his Pro Bowl year, and his big, you know, uh, stat statistical year, we said that he had a little bit left and he could kind of step forward. I thought he had a little step back last year. Some of that was due to the quarterback play. Um, but we'll see this year how he fits in and integrates into this offense with a diminished quarterback situation yeah it's he he can be a better player and have less stats because the quarterback play and that's the um situation that he's going to be in um for the next couple years until until this team figures out what they're going to do uh under center so um all right who do you have after metcalf I have a guy that we haven't talked about for a long time, but I really appreciated him when he was here. And that's Zach Miller, the tight end. Wow. Um, Zach Miller. I actually think that that is a fantastic choice. Um, Guy that everyone was like, oh, he's not that good. Look at his stats. No, the guy was a right tackle. Um, He was one of the best pass blocking tight ends you'll ever see. The, The Seahawks would line him up and have him take on some of the the NFL's top um, speed rushers one-on-one, and he'd win. Um, he was just a phenomenal player um, and would occasionally, you know, get out and, and catch some passes and do some tight end things. Yeah. Um, and before he came to Seattle, when he was with the Oakland Raiders, he was a featured uh, receiving tight end for mm-hmm. them and made the Pro Bowl um, as a, you know, receiving receiving the ball and not thought of as being more of a blocker. And he came here and he was like, well, this is what you're going to do. He did it. You know, well, when, when he was with Oakland, he, he had this receiving yards, but everyone knew he was a blocker. He wasn't, he just wasn't pigeonholed and, Oh, you're only a blocker. True. Um, everyone knew how good he was. That's why the Seahawks paid him what they did to bring him in was because they knew if they were going to form this offense that they wanted, or they were going to grind the ball in an old school way that having, that um you know road grader that sixth offensive lineman um on the field that could also get out there and catch passes was going to be a key feature in it to the point where when miller finally you know had that injury and and was forced in retirement the team went to a sixth offensive lineman they had guys like that's exactly right um because that's exactly right there were no tight ends that could do what he did. So they had to go with guy like George Fant um as this as a quote unquote tight end. Um, yeah. in order to try and uh, mimic what he was able to do. So, so did he make your list? He actually was one of my honorable mentions um, right at the very Interesting. end. I so that's kind of where we diverged then. I the really time. wanted like to put him on there, but I couldn't take any of the other guys that I had here off. All right. Um, Who was your number him. seven? My number seven was Golden Tate. Interesting. Um, and he is one of my alternates. Weird. Um, so, yeah, I... Golden Tate put up some 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 nice stats and, and did some great things. He was never the the route runner. He didn't win early in routes, but he always worked. He kept moving, stayed open, was really, really good at working with Wilson and the scramble drill. And once they got the ball into his hands, 
He yeah. was always a threat to he make a like, bunch of people miss. He was like Samuels. Yeah. You know, as far as that being that type of a guy that could make stuff happen as a kind of a running back body in a mm-hmm. wide receiver position. Well, he you was know, a running only, back in college. Yeah. Um, so and, and at Notre Dame. And and yeah, I mean, I was excited with the pick. The only reason that I didn't elevate him to this area of the list was that I thought that he spent the first two seasons in the NFL as a wide receiver trying to figure it out. You know, oh, he played yeah. a lot of special teams. He was a kick returner, a dynamic kick returner. Mm-hmm. And then the last two seasons, including those Super Bowl seasons, he really started yeah. to develop and and make become a factor. But I thought it it just didn't quite rise up. But yeah, he's, I mean, he's on my he's on my overall list. Yeah, I mean he's he was a guy. You're right. The first couple of years, he, like he got went into his third year, and it was like this guy needed to show up, or he was that, gonna, exactly he was right. going to bust out of the league. And he showed up, and it was good, and it was great that he did that finally. Um, but he gave us a couple of really good years and I, I un- agree. Unfortunately, you know, his exit, um, you know, came at a bad time because he left and then the guy that they replaced him with also left. And, um, there's a guy that guy that replaced him is not someone who will see on either of our lists, I'm sure. Um, and, but yeah, I left the team without a, a viable second option besides, uh, Baldwin out there. And they really needed him in that sec that second Super Bowl season. Okay, so who's your number eight? Russell Okung. Interesting. Um, the first draft pick that Pete Carroll and John Snyder made. Um, 2010 draft, first round, um, they went and got Russell Okung. He was the, uh, the anchor of a really good offensive line the last time they had a good offensive line. They've been mediocre to terrible since Okung left. And even with Brown in there, they were never a good offensive line again. Okung was the last, um, when he was there was the last time they were good on the line and um, just really solid played well. Um, I really thought it was a mistake that they let him walk. I did too. And that was when he was starting to represent himself as a, as an agent player Mm -hmm. and i think stuff just kind of went sideways there i think the team wasn't quite ready for that and didn't know if they wanted to meet his demands as being one of the top tackles paid in the nfl and well and i think also the way the negotiations work like you're the there's a reason why everyone has agents and it's not just the part of you know knowing what people are worth and they're specialists or whatever but there's a part of these negotiations where you know, an agent saying, Hey, my client's worth this. And the team is going, no, they're really not. They're worth this much. And here's why. And when you do that and you're talk- talking to a player face to face, it becomes very personal. Yes. Um, and, uh, they needed a different way to go about that. And I think they figured that out since then, because they've worked with other, t- other players that have represented themselves, but with, um, Okung, he was kind of the first that the team dealt with that was like that. And, and, right. Um, unfor- it's unfortunate because they, him leaving was when that offensive line really started to tank and it just crushed Seattle's ability to turn, you know, those couple of Super Bowl years into a real dynasty. So I had Russell Okung as my first alternate off the top 10. So he was mm-hmm. my number 11 pick. My number eight was Chris Carson running back. Chris Carson. Um, felt like Chris needed to be on that list. I know he struggled through some injuries, um, especially the last two years and the first years. 
his rookie year with the broken leg and all that kind of stuff. But when he was available, when he was playing, he was a difference maker. He was the type of runner Seattle had always wanted to have um, absence of uh, Marshawn Lynch. He came in and he did that. I can, he kind of filled that void that had been sitting there for a while. Thomas Rawls was part of that uh, Christian Michael. Uh, and then Chris Carson landed and, and it kind of gave us that feeling again. And stat wise, um, I think that he's been a, a really good player. This is in the, this is the part of the list for me where it kind of falls off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like there's a little, little bit of a shelf and and um, but but he's on there. He's on. He made my my list as my number ten um, because he's never really had. And the reason why he's not higher is he never had that big season where he led the offense the way Lynch. Lynch did. He's never had a season like that. Um, I mean, he's yeah. been the leading rusher, but because of injuries and stuff, he there's always there's always that like three or four game stretch that he didn't play or was that's available. exactly right. That's and, exactly right. Um, and then there there were some fumble problems in there too, and and um, yeah, it's 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 frustrating. And and I listening to Pete Carroll talk, I think we know that that Chris Carson's done with this, this whole neck surgery that he had to have and all of that. And it's too bad because he's never really had that season where he put it together and you know that it's still in there if he could stay healthy. But I think health is going to finally be what, what um, uh, pushes Carson in retirement. And that's too bad. So my number nine is probably controversial because I think this player is, um, was, was misused a little bit. Um, and when you look at him statistically, I think that he comes out ahead, uh, far, far more ahead than, um, people give him credit for. And that's Jimmy Graham. Tight end. Yeah. You and I are in agreement on this one. Well, my number nine is also Jimmy Graham. Um, and I think that he got, he got kind of a bad rap in Seattle by, by some of the fans in part because the trade, um, of Unger, you know, was part of the trade to, to get Jimmy Graham. Um, right. And they didn't, I mean, you look at them, oh, they never really replaced, you know, Unger for a long time and they shouldn't have traded him and all of that. But this is a team that they've said that they were probably moving on from Unger anyway, because he had such a hard time staying healthy Um, and they weren't going to pay him what it was necessary to keep him as one of the top centers. If he was only going to play, you know, 10 or 12 games a year. Um, And so I don't, so there's there's things with with Graham that I think that he gets get bad rap for. Um, he also you know didn't put up the same kind of stats that he did in New Orleans. Well, they run a different offense, and mm-hmm. he had a different quarterback. And Wilson wasn't great at throwing. He's never been great at throwing over the middle, and that's where where Graham was. And you're right about him being misused. They put him in line as a blocker way too much. He's not that. He's a he was right. a receiver, um, but he went out and then he had that devastating knee injury. Yeah, and I never missed. Yeah, yeah, and 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 came back was ready for week one the next year, and even though he couldn't practice because that's how bad his knee was, he still played in every game that year. And he had statistically so, his best season as a Seahawk after that devastating injury. Yeah, yeah. so there yeah, was. I mean, and, he he did a lot. I think it's more of an expectation. They expect it, the expectation was he was going to be this much more impactful player than he was. Yeah, yeah, and, he was going to have thirty. You know, thirty. 35 more receptions per year. He was going to be, you know, touch uh, 1,100, 1,200 yards, um, receiving yards, and, you know, 10 touchdowns. 
or, or, or more. And he was just not that he was 75% of that. And so that's why I think he gets, he gets the rub, but nonetheless, statistically the three years that he did uh, perform were the, some of the, the three best tight end seasons the franchise has ever had. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean there's that. You go back and, and you look at, you know, who's the best tight end in franchise history and you'll realize, wow, it's kind of a dumpster fire of, of a it's position. Empty. It is not a position that the Seahawks have ever been strong in. Um, your choice of Zach Miller there. I mean, this is a guy that he didn't put up receiving no. stats at all. No. Um, and, and, and he's probably the best that this team, that this, you know, team has had. Um, and that's saying a lot. It really is saying a lot. So, all right, let's let's wind this thing up with the tenth selection, Keith. Who do you? My got? oh my my tenth selection was Carson. Um, oh, okay, Graham was nine. Carson was ten. Um, so, who are your your um, your honorable mentions? Well, my ten. Uh, I'll I'll list. Oh, my sorry, 10 I thought first. we did that. So yeah, you just that. mentioned him as part of this Jimmy Graham trade. Uh, Max Unger yeah. was my number ten overall. Uh, offensive player and while he was here i think it was like uh, four or five years um he was he was terrific he played he was durable he made the pro bowl um he was the best center i think uh, potentially given long term that the, the franchise could have ever had and and then they made the trade to new orleans for jimmy graham and i'll push um, back on the durable part go back well and, he was and, durable and go look at go look at him go look yeah, he played, uh, uh, started all 16 games. He missed that one season where he started one game and and uh, missed the rest of the season. But then he was played 15 games, 16 games, 13 games. I got injured in Seattle his last season um, and played six games. Then he played 16 out of 16, 15 out of 15, 16 out of 16, 16 out of 16 for New Orleans. So well, I thought he was pretty durable. He was durable in the long, in the long, um, long term when you when you yeah. start looking at, at and you use the new orleans stuff but he had um in his five years in, or six years in seattle he had a year where he played one game a year where yep. he had played five yes. and then the, and the year before that went the year before the five he played 13 and he missed like three fairly key games um and was also kind of banged up playing banged up and not as effective um in other games in that and i think that the, the the Seahawks were looking at a guy that, you know, he had gone from playing 15 to 13 and not yes. as good because he was banged up to playing right. five. They and that's why they that shipped trend. him out. Yeah. And they were like, he's, we, we, he's going to cost a lot to keep and we don't trust that he's going to stay healthy. That is um, exactly right, Keith. So I don't, I don't fault the, you know, the decision. It, I wish they could have kept him. I wish the finances would have worked out for him to stay because you're right. He is. He probably would have been thought of as the best center um, in franchise history had he stayed. Right. So you want my um, you want my list of your alternates. My yeah, alternates. Your, your your honorable mentions. Yeah. So uh, I mentioned this before. Russell Okun was my number eleven. Mm -hmm. Jermaine Curse was number twelve. I know, but go look at the receptions, man. Yeah, but God, he was not a good player. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, he had he was, some. He had some drops. He had he some had, drops. He, his 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 reception percentage versus targets was really low. Was really low. But he he had those 
he had he was the kind of receiver where the targets were down down the field and jump balls and all that kind of stuff. He didn't have the speed to separate. So um Sydney Rice is on there and Golden Tate rounds it out. So yeah. I had three three wide receivers and an offensive lineman. Yeah, so list. I um <clears throat> Sydney Rice was the 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 first one that I left off. Zach Miller was on there. Uh, Max Unger was on there. Uh, Justin Britt of mm. all people. Um, He's deserves, not on my list at all, but I deserves I didn't a mention. Him. He was awful as a tackle. He was kind of awful as a guard, but once he moved to center, he actually provided some stability that this offense needed. Yeah. Um, and and did pretty well. And honestly, this the offensive line has been such a mess um, the last few years that. Yeah, literally, he would would has a uh, a shot at the top fifteen because it. I been tell that you, bad. too, and then a testament to him, he's still in the league, and he's going to start at center for the Houston Texans this year. Yes, he is. So, good when for he left when he left Seattle, it was in part because of injury. It took him a whole year of being out of the league to get healthy, and then he spent the last you know year and a half trying to get an opportunity, and he did, and now he's going to be a starting center again. So um that's a hard road to get back but he did you know he made it back so um good for him yeah. great for him so what do you think that's the list i was shocked at how similar the top of our lists were really shocked yeah i'm not considering I mean, the, the first now the first i would be four, more shocked i would be more shocked if we had a larger longer period of time to consider um but being that it was condensed into just the pete carroll era i felt like you had diminishing returns after a certain point with this list. And it just really was hard to, to even find names, at least yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. I, I think when we do the defensive defense show, is going to be a lot more fun. Be, Cause there's a lot be more people. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the Russ Lynch, Baldwin Locke, even Brown. Um, like I kind of knew that those were all going to be there. I thought maybe Brown might be a little lower on yours, but you surprised me there. Um, and Metcalf. Okay. Um, I thought there would be a little disagreement there. I actually didn't know if you'd have Jimmy Graham on your list or, and you didn't have golden Tate. So there was some disagreement, but we, yeah, were, yeah. we, we were, it was just so lockstep. That's the part I think that was um, surprising was just that we had not just the right guys, but the right rankings together. Are there, That's, are there any hall of fame players on this list? Um, Russ. Yeah. Do you think Marshawn Lynch will ever get into the hall of fame? No, I don't. And it's not that he's not worthy because he's absolutely worthy. Um, he won't get in because of who votes him in. But that could change in, in a long time. No, um, he won't get in because the people who vote in are sports writers and sports writers hate him. Like genuinely, not the local guys, because the local guys get him mm-hmm. and they understand him. But the national guys cannot stop. He's been out of the league for how many years? And anytime his name is brought up by one of the national uh, sports writers, whatever, there's just this level of a vitriol um, at him because of the way that he wouldn't answer questions and he wouldn't um, speak to media people and, and all of that. Like they genuinely don't like him. And they're the ones who have, they're the gatekeepers. So I don't think he gets in entirely for the wrong reasons. Football wise, he deserves to be in the hall of fame. Um, 
The other ones, you know, Lockett's not, or sorry, uh, Baldwin's going to miss out. There's just, he was never, there's too many, way too many receivers. Metcalf has potential if he continues to play, but he, we've only seen him for three years. How about if he does it for 10 and then we'll talk? Um, No one else. Well, Jimmy Graham probably will, but he won't get in because of his time for Seattle. He'll get in because of his time with um, New Orleans. And then because he's also, stuck around the league for a few more years and exactly. been able to compile some more stats, but right. um no, no one else. Interesting. All right. It says a lot, it's doesn't fun. it? Yeah, I know. But <laughs> at the same time, during Pete Carroll's era, I mean if you take a look at the uh the offense and, and the way that they're ranked and points, total yards, efficiency, et cetera, a whole bunch of categories. They're in the top ten consistently mm-hmm. year in, year out. Um and they do it with with marginal talent. Yeah, that's what that tells me. Well, what they do, they do and a with great Russell. quarterback. They right. do with Russell Wilson. They've always got a receiver or two that make it work, and for the most part, they've had. I mean, it's been a little bit of a, um, you know, carousel as far as who's playing, but they've always had a running game, and so they they have the pieces. And then there's been the the depth hasn't been there. The offensive line hasn't been there. There's been a lot of like you mentioned, curse as an honorable mention for this. Um, you know, he's a guy that doesn't belong in a discussion on from almost any team, but, um, yeah, yeah, there he is. So, uh, <laughs> it, it shows a lot about just how valuable Russell Wilson has been in this I tenure agree. I, and I how bad this could get now that he's gone. I'm optimistic. I'm staying optimistic. So I'm going to avoid free. that comment. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at uh, NWC Hawk. Find the show on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. And make sure you hit the subscribe button. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.